Welcome to the Home Stretch podcast with Ian McKenzie, and today we're delighted to be joined by a very busy Nicola Prumen, who is director at Deverell Smith and chair of Women in Residential Property. And that's just to mention a few things that she does. So thank you, Nicola, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So you're very busy. You wear lots of different hats. You do different things every day, different one thing in the afternoon, one thing in the morning. So I think, first of all, I'd love to get to know kind of the story of you a little bit. How did it start in property? I know you went from selling to recruiting. So do you want to give us a quick story of you? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, my my background and the reason I joined property is very simple. I needed a car. Um, <laughs> I became an estate agent because at the time, I had a bit of a scumbag boyfriend who left me in a shed load of debt and uh, took my car. And uh, I was working in facilities management and somebody said to me, you know, Nicola, if you become an estate agent, they give you a company car. And I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. And uh, I interviewed for Romans and uh, I actually wanted to be a property manager because at the time I was admin focused. And uh, Peter, Peter Fuller, who interviewed me, um, said to me, do you know what, Nick, I think you'd be great in lettings and uh, joined as a lettings neg, um, was actually interviewed by my husband. Or my, so there's a, there's a lot of stories behind all of that. Um, and uh, yeah, worked for Romans for many years and then uh, left, joined Gascoigne Peas, so did a stint at Countrywide. Um, and then I was headhunted to come and set up uh, a lettings division for a company called Bourne who are Farnham, Guildford, sort of area. Um, and uh, I left there to have kids. Um, at the time we left, we started off as three of us working around Stuart's kitchen table, setting up this brand new business. And at the point at which I left, I think we had five offices. So um, yeah, so stepped away from all of that to be a mum. So Hang and, on a second, I've, I've just got to interject here. So I know that you two started off with a nice chat, but there's so many things I've, I need to ask. So you were interviewed by your husband. Was he your husband at the time? No. Right. Okay. So I just needed to clarify that. No. So he ended up being your husband. That's fantastic. Well, that's great. Um, when uh, and Romans, I didn't. I didn't actually know that you were at Romans. That's really, really interesting. That's good. Yeah. Great, great firm. When it were was... you at Gascoigne Peas? Oh gosh, I worked at Romans for I don't know about four or five years. Yeah. Um, my sister joined Romans as well during that time. Um, so was Ian White was Ian White there at the time? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Ian White was running south, and Vince yeah. Courtney was running north. Um, right. So yeah, I was a south girl. Um, and because uh, back then it was like north and south hate each other. We were, you know, City versus United. Um, and. Uh, I went to work at Gascoigne Peas. I don't know. I can't remember. I'd have to look at my CV. I can't remember. But a long time ago, it was just as I got married. So 2008. Okay. Yeah. Um, and which and which branch were you in for Gascoigne Peas? Farnham. In Farnham. Okay. Yeah, no. No. Uh, I only I asked because I, I, I over, oversaw Gascoigne Peas for a while towards the end of my time at Countrywide. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just at the end. Interesting. Yeah. It's a good brand. It was a it was a very very good brand back in those days, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my uh, like I said, my 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 sister joined Romans and she's gone on to now work in new homes. My mum used to be John Harts's PA. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. So we're a whole family of, uh, of property people. My um, my brother used to work down as an estate agent down in Brighton. Um, so and my brother-in-law is an estate agent as well. It's only my dad that isn't. So, but yeah, it was it was a great company back then. But uh, our industry, everyone knows everyone. It's so overlapped and. So how did you get into recruitment, Nicola? Um, okay, so left agency to have my three children. Yeah. Um, got bored really, really quickly and was like, right, I need to do something. So I actually, believe this or not, I became a childminder. I retrained as a childminder for a period of time just because I wanted to do something to basically cut the boredom and bring in some extra cash. Absolutely hated it. Looking after other people's children is horrendous. Looking after your own is bad enough. Um, but then I started to become, go back into property and I became a bit of a consultant. I was working with um, agencies across uh, Wiltshire where we lived, helping advise them on bits and pieces. And it became quite clear that my strength was in talent and uh, systems and processes and helping them to grow and, and leverage what they had. Um, and I actually spoke to Ian White. I said to Ian, right, I want to go back into property. I've had enough of being a consultant. I want to you know, go back and be a proper job. And uh, basically, I couldn't. Um, I had three children. I didn't want to work every other Saturday. For me to go back as a lettings director, having taken that amount of time off was a no-go. Um, and uh, he said to me, why don't you try recruitment? And I thought, well, I've kind of got nothing to lose, really. It was a self-employed setup. Just give it a go. And it turned out I was all right at it and I really enjoyed it. And um, that's that's kind of where that all began. And along the way, I started to feel this need for wanting to try and change our industry a little bit. I felt that I couldn't be the only person who'd taken time out to have children mm. um, and then found it hard to get back into it. And so I thought if I work in talent, then I might have a bit of leverage to change some mindsets and some thought processes. So um so that's that's where it all began. So uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, Nick. The first time I met you, I came up to you with a great big beaming smiley face. Well, hopefully it was anyway, and said, "Hi, how are you?" And blah blah blah. And then after a few minutes, said, "We've never met, have we?" And the reason that I felt that I'd met you is because in your early days, or maybe my early days at the Guild, I'm not sure which one it was, you were so prolific on social media. I saw your face everywhere. I mean, you're still prolific now, but at that particular time, the, the feed was really coming in. I was seeing you do everything. Was that part of your strategy for success? Did you really thrive off of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I decided to set up my own business, when I set up Broomman Recruitment um, at the end of 2019, I mean, Christ, what a time to set up a new business just before a yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Um, the, the way that I decided to tackle that was I saw how powerful social media was. Yeah. Um, and and I enjoyed it. I love I love writing, you know, posts and and doing all of that stuff. I'm, I'm quite that creative side. I really enjoy, and I'm not scared of talking in front of a group. And I did the property mark circuit for a year and things like that. And I really really enjoyed it. And I love chatting to people. That's the best bit of my job. Mm. And so to use social media as a way to show who I was and that personal brand was was a no-brainer um and lots of people have come up to me and still do now and sort of say oh hi Nicola I feel like I know you and I've dropped back a bit on socials probably since joining Deborah Smith but um 
just just because it's it's a different world now and a different place that I'm in. But um, yeah, social media is really powerful. And anybody who is looking to grow um, their own awareness within the industry, social media is absolutely the way to do it. Yeah, that's good. So recruitment in agency, um, there is the talk, talk at the moment that it's very difficult to get talent into the industry, that yeah. it doesn't pay well enough, that the revenue or commission that you earn takes too long to come through, um, yeah. all, all of those sorts of things. What's your take on that? Because you're dealing at the sharp end, which is with candidates, um, and or you certainly were, but yeah. what's the feedback you get from candidates? What's the feedback you get from employers? What How's it, how's it sitting at the moment? Uh, right now it's tough, um, partly because of what's going on, obviously, within our economy and the world and you know, cost of living, et cetera, is, has gone through the roof. And yeah. working in a state agency has never been a particularly well-paid role unless you are absolutely flying. So yeah. anybody that's sort of new to the industry or those lower levels that works for a smaller branch that doesn't have that turnover... It's never been a particularly um, you know, well-paid job. Um, at the moment, yes, bringing new talent in is a real issue. Um, it, back, back when I became an estate agent, aside from the fact that I needed a car, it was also a very fun place to be, and we worked hard and we played hard and things like that. And it's, it's, it's there is still an expectation of that, but I don't necessarily think that the talent that's joining our workforce now want the same things that the people that are running our workforce want from them. So I think we have a real disparity there between the two. Um, and uh, right now, if you are comfortable in your role and you're you're working for an agent that's bringing on stock and selling stock, I don't think you'd necessarily want to move. I don't think you'd want to risk dipping your toe into the water to, to look for a new job. Um, I mean, we, we as a business tend to cover London and, and sort of prime markets. And it's still busy there, very, very busy. We haven't seen the dip that's happened in sort of the regional areas. Um, so for us, we are, have a slightly skewed view on what's happening with talent generally. Um, but it's a hard, it is hard. And um, you, you say, seem to have the same people that are on the circuit all the time looking for new jobs. And the really good recruiters at the moment are having to go and uh, find what we call an off-market candidate. So a candidate that hasn't even considered looking at LinkedIn or whatever and isn't looking for a new role and tempting them with something special. But that client has also got to offer something special to get them yeah. to even consider it in the first place. It sort of makes sense, doesn't it? In that you want somebody that's, that's so good and so and so happy that they're not looking. It, it sort of yeah. makes sense. It does. Yeah. But then that thing that then becomes a search and selection process rather than just normal standard recruitment or contingency recruitment. And that's exactly what, what the team are doing, which involves a lot more legwork. Yeah. Um, and and very much it's, it's about culture and cultural fit. Um, agencies have evolved a lot and they have changed massively. And we still have a lot of very um, old school agent and old school attitude agents, but... Yeah also going very much the other way with agents being very conscious about well-being and uh, looking after their staff and getting rid of high commission and low basics yeah and so suddenly we're, we've got a lot more offering to the market from a from a candidate perspective of different types of agents to go and work for and it's about matching those people up suitably because otherwise okay that this this is really interesting i think this will be a great little session for our listeners um please can you 
um, summarize what do you think employees are looking for? Employees, okay. So uh, in terms of as a, an estate agent role? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's not going anywhere. And as much as uh, the likes of Zoom and various other companies want it to go away, uh, flexible working is still a biggie. Um, and I've, I've had numerous conversations over the last few years um, since COVID with clients who say it's not possible for an estate agent to work from home. I think that is absolute rubbish. And I think that there are certainly times that an estate agent can work from home. I mean, the self-employed and the hybrid models demonstrate that every single day. Um, and that there's a reason why high street agents are losing people to those models and flexible working is a big one. Okay. Um, I think from talking to candidates, uh, salaries matter. Um, and especially younger people that are coming to, into our industry, they don't really care about OTEs. They want to know what they are definitely going to get paid at the end of each month. Um, so putting on them on this, you know, pie in the sky commission package just won't wash with them. They, they want to know what they're going to be earning and they would rather have a higher basic with a lower commission set up than a low basic and earn double the amount with commission involved. Um, that matters to them. Younger people don't like debt. Um, that, that, that sort of Generation Z that's coming through don't want to have debt. Um, and that's why we've seen dropouts of people going to university and things like that because they just don't want to take it on. So... All of those things matter, but also employee well-being is massive. And mental health, uh, exercise, uh, being involved in community work, uh, all of those sorts of things are important too. And there isn't enough focus as well within the recruitment process about DE&I um, and making sure that we're employing a really balanced workforce. Um, all of those things matter too, um, especially, again, for, for those younger people that are coming through that want to have different cultures and attitudes and thoughts processes around themselves. They don't want to have an office that's all full of the same type of person because there's no opportunity to grow. And whilst we're on that, I guess my final comment on that is training and career path. Wow. Um, far too often... The, the, there isn't an opportunity for somebody to join a business and understand exactly where their career can go. Um, they come in, they're told they need to get on with their job, but very, very quickly, they you will hear of younger people asking for promotions or asking for what's going to happen next. And that's normally because their manager or their, whoever they're reporting to hasn't outlined how they need to grow and what they need to do to get to next steps. So personal development is massive. So there's some great little topics in there. Absolutely fabulous. Um, one last question for me before I ask Colly to uh, summarise. Do you think that a brilliant candidate would forego uh, more money for a company that actually hit those five objectives? Yes, I do. There are there are different there are different people in you know in, in the world. There are different people. You will always have somebody who wants to be earning mega money and reach for the stars and, and but they are so few and far between that most companies um, struggle to find them. And if they do exist, they tend to be self-employed and don't necessarily want to work for somebody else. And if they do work for somebody else, they'll be working for a company that is has ultra high ambition and is able to support them. So um, I think that most people now, if 
with the evolution of our industry and the way that it's it's become so much more of a marketing industry rather than a, a sales industry. Mm. They they need to invest in people that have the same values as them um, and uh, that they're brand ambassadors. And quite often that that person that I described just now that wants to reach for the stars aren't necessarily the ambassadors they need in their business. Brilliant. I love that marketing industry, not not sales industry. Holly, what have you heard? Yeah, I was about to say as well, I've picked up on that. I do think that that has changed a lot over the past, well, you know exactly when it started to change, Ian, more experience than I have, but certainly more recently, it's about being on the social media for a lot of um, younger people and all sorts of other marketing, things like that. Whereas obviously traditional agents, maybe they're still working in the sales kind of make sure that sales are more important than marketing so yeah when you were speaking then as well I was reminded of one of my friends who has recently started a new job in sales in London um, and he started recently and they've given him a three-month plan of every piece of training that he'll be doing every week for the next three months and he was dumbfounded by that because in his previous role it was very much a go and get stuck in early commission whereas he's much more at home with this and much more excited about this because of the prospects that are at the end of those three months so I definitely agree that in a sales role it's really motivating to have that structure isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely another thing that you said there that was important to people was um mental health and well-being and you're actually a mental health first aider aren't you I am indeed, yeah. I qualified when I had Broomham. Um, it mattered to me that if my team needed to talk to me or if I needed to recognise things that were going on in my team that I knew how to handle it. Yeah, I'd recommend everybody as a mental health first aider. It's extremely Love, important. Um, we spoke to Sarah Edmondson last year, didn't we, Ian? And she said that it's one of um, Agents Together's goal to have a mental health poster at the top of every sink next to a first aid um, poster because it's just as well just as important to make sure that people know who to go to as well so yeah. how does your role at agents together kind of roll into everything else that you do well i've got to admit recently my role at agents together has, has been quite quiet um at one point i had i think i had three uh, mentees at one point and i absolutely loved it i've just i've just struggled with time if i'm totally honest over the last few months um but it's such a an important topic um and what the work that agents together do i think is is fantastic um sam and sarah work tirelessly to match people up with the right individuals um and support them uh, throughout all of that as well they don't just sort of leave the the mentor and mentees get on with it there's always regular touch points with sam and that's that's really important um Seeing and there was one person in particular who I was a mentee for and seeing her journey um, and the change that happened with her and her career as well, not just her personal life, but her career was was so rewarding. Um, and uh, and she's absolutely flown since then. And it's, it's a brilliant thing. Everybody should do it. Um, I think that wherever you are in your career, I think everybody needs a mentor. Um, and it doesn't matter how high up you go or, or wherever you get to, whether you're male, female or, or anything else, I think you need to make sure that you've got somebody that you can talk to about things and Agents Together absolutely facilitates that. Um, so I've been both a mentor and a mentee and my mentor really supported me when I sold Broomham as well and helped me through all of that. Amazing. 
Love that. Well, you're passionate, like you said earlier, you're passionate about changing the industry, changing something. And with recruitment and with being a mentor, there's you certainly can do that, especially for women who are juggling things going on in their own life and men as well. Um, so that's something that I would like to explore a little bit more with you in a little bonus episode, if you don't mind, um, and look at your role as chair of women in residential property. Are you happy to come back? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Fabulous. Well, thank you for this episode and we'll speak to you soon. Nicola, thank you. thank you very much indeed. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks for having me.